Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Romans 6, and uh, before we go there and start reading, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I lift up this time. I thank you for all that you are and all that you've done. I thank you that you love me and that you care about me and you know me. You're the creator of all, and yet you care about this one guy. It's amazing that you do. It's amazing you're patient with me. You could so easily just be done, but you aren't. You don't. You, you do love me and you do have patience. So, Father, I lift up this reading. I lift up this time that you would open our hearts and open our minds to your word. That we would understand what it means to love you and live for you and to walk in your spirit. I pray that we would understand truly what you want us to know. That our hearts, our minds would be filled and consumed by your word and your message and your mission. I thank you for all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we get started into the reading, um, I'm going to read the first chapter or the first couple of verses, and then I'm going to jump over to some commentary um, that just kind of sets the stage of what's going on in, with the Romans and with the young church in general. So verse one, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? See, there's actually people who throughout history have said, ah, we should keep sinning because it, it causes us to get closer to God because of his forgiveness. The more he forgives, the more he demonstrates his power and the glor- greater glory he has, has been what some have said. And in the early church, and in the later church too, I mean, r- there's plenty of others who have done it. So um, let me just go ahead and read from Preaching the Word Commentary. One of the dangers of preaching salvation by grace alone is that it can be interpreted as license to do whatever one wishes. And I find it, and this is my commentary, I find it interesting since we just read James where it's about faith, grace, and works. You know, you how, show me your faith through your works. So it, it's just, when you put the whole Bible together, those types of pulling a single point out just gets lost. Anyways, he continues. The Apostle Paul was well aware of this tendency. As we saw in chapter 3, verse 8, where he mentioned that some were slanderously reporting that he and his followers were saying, let us do evil that good may result. Because of this type of misrepresentation, Paul was always on guard when he made a strong statement about grace. So when he said in, in chapter 5, verse 20, but where sin is increased, grace increased all the more. He knew the worst would be made of it by some. He knew that a pernicious logic would be applied. Well, if sin brings more grace, let's sin. Whoopee. He also knew such thinking was not only logical to some minds, it was also natural because sin is enjoyable for a short time. He knew too that sinning would even be twisted into a religious duty because it provides an opportunity for God to give his grace and love and thus glorify himself. Even people who have claimed to be Christians have thought this. The church in Corinth had this problem, for when Paul insisted that an incestuous couple be excommunicated, there were some who saw nothing wrong with the incest, thinking it was an excellent display of Christian liberality. That's in 1 Corinthians 5. 
So a lot of people will take a single sentence or a single verse out of the Bible and run with it completely counter to what God's message is. And so as we read this dead to chapter six, which begins with the concept of dead to sin alive in Christ. um, Let's keep that in mind. Verse one, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means? We are those, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. And the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not, off, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as, though, as those who have been brought from the death from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? They, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you were to be you, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity, to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is life, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pretty powerful statements there in refutation to, hey, we're, there's, there's grace, we live under grace, so let's sin. And I know for myself at times I struggle quite 
significantly with sin. It's much easier just to not do something I know I should, and that's sin. It's much easier to just give in to a desire, but I can't. I mean, it's much easier to do those things. At times, it's much easier to just sin for me. But it's, not, it's never gratifying. It might be for that moment. But then, the regret, not even just the regret, but just the disappointment, the lack of satisfaction. Versus when I read the word, even when I don't want to, when I pray, even though I'm feeling rebellious, the effect upon me is so much better. I have more satisfaction. I have more peace. And I have more joy. It's really something, and you, I would th- sit there and think, dude, why aren't you just doing that every day and all the time? Because once it's done, I feel so good. Unlike when I sin, when I feel so bad afterwards. And so it's just interesting how I keep going to the thing that's the negative and not the positive. But thankfully, over the last year and a half that I've been doing this podcast, that drive and desire to sin, to go to that easy thing, or even that it may not even be easier, just that thing that I is worldly, it has diminished over some time a little bit. It has gone away some. And the strengthening of being able to really do what God wants me to do has become much more important in my life. It's been much more critical and much more enjoyable. So anyways, with that, I think I'll just close with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me and being patient with me. For the last year and a half as I've been on this journey back to you I'm grateful for the way you've put up with my garbage my starts and stops and just everything that's been a failure and everything that has been good really you've been pushing me to so I'm grateful Lord and I just praise you and I just pray that today I would hear your voice and I would do your will That I would understand what it means to be made in your likeness, which is spiritual. And to have a being that's really spiritual in spirit with just a body. Not a body with a spirit. So Lord, I just pray I would understand today more how to love you with all my heart and all my soul. And everything that's part of me. And how to love my neighbor as myself. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, and I just pray for this day. I pray for our family, our friends, and our nation. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.